0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Faculty of Horror, podcasting from the horror halls of my apartment. It's Alex, and it's just me today. I am hopping on to do a really quick intro, and we are still off this month. We are still off for the month of August, but Andrea and I decided that in honor of Nia DaCosta's Candyman finally getting its release... We would crack open our patreon vault and release onto the main feed our first ever commentary we did on Bernard Rose's Candyman. We did this a few years ago. It was voted on by the patrons to do that film. It was a really interesting one to revisit because we had already talked about it in an episode, and I think Candyman, the original one, is something that continues to evolve uh, in our minds, in public discourse. It's a great film. It's also a really complicated film, especially in its politics. So you'll hear us grapple with that. And if you're thinking of getting in a rewatch of the original film before going to see the new one, this could be a fun way to do it. Here's some of our new thoughts, some of our new takeaways, and enjoy. And if you do enjoy this, please consider subscribing to our Patreon. We have a lot of great content on there that we've amassed over the, uh, gosh, almost two years we've been doing it. So there's a lot of fun stuff on there. And if you join very soon, you will be hearing our fact flash on the brand new Candyman film. We've got our tickets. We're going to go see it. And we're going to give you our gut reaction to it exclusively on Patreon. So if you want to hear that, please do subscribe. Uh, You will be able to access that at the $2 level. So that's a nice way to get in. If you can, if you cannot, please do not worry about it. We just want to thank you for listening and supporting. And um, we hope you enjoy this commentary. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Faculty of Horror Patreon feed. Uh, we are coming to you from the horrid halls of the Room Morgue Lounge. Uh, I'm Alex West with... Andrea Subisati. And this is our first ever commentary. Commentary track. Um, so, obviously, we haven't started the movie yet. Uh, we just wanted to come and chat to you briefly before we get started. Now, uh, doing a commentary track had been suggested to us by... Several people mm-hmm. over the years, and we always thought it was a cool idea. And then when Patreon came about, we thought, what a great time to uh, give this a shot. So we put it to you, our beloved patrons, to vote. Uh, and we, we gave you a couple options, and mm-hmm. you guys overwhelmingly picked Candyman. Yeah. And that's interesting, because we actually have done Candyman on the podcast in our first year. It was a long
1: time ago. It was
0: a long time ago. And it's now we're starting to circle back to like, oh, could we ever redo an episode? And I don't know if I'd ever redo an episode. No. But certainly my ideas and thinking about certain films has changed. Mm-hmm. And I think Candyman is a really great example of that. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some things I really love about this movie, some things I think are really problematic about this movie, um, and it's currently December 2019, as we record this, and uh, in June 2020, currently, uh, the new Candyman is going to come out, so we're really excited yeah I'm really excited it's Nia DaCosta uh, who's directing it it's produced by Jordan Peele uh, Tony Todd's returning along with an, uh, the rest of a really stacked cast so I think it'll be pretty fun but um, I can't really think of a better time to revisit the original mm-hmm. yeah Let's do it. So we're going to hit play on the count of three. And we recommend uh, that you uh, have Candyman queued up, mm-hmm. ready to go, the uh, 1992 Bernard Rose film. Um, and then uh, hit play when we say three, if this makes sense. And then and make sure your TV is muted so you can hear us. You'll pro- probably be able to hear a bit of this, uh, the audio from the film from this recording. So, right. Um, Oh, I didn't yeah. think of that. Yeah, okay. I know. And uh, I guess let us know how this works if you've got any feedback for next time. This is our first time. Doing this. So it. be gentle. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing another one in a few months. So um, yeah, make sure you're subscribed and uh, hope you enjoy. Let's do this. So on the count of three. One, two, three. Okay, it's not playing yet. Why? We're going to take this again. No, guys, guys, hang on. Hang on. Oh, okay, oh, oh. everything's breaking up. One, two, three. Wait, here, yeah, okay, here we go. We've got the, uh, the horse. Beautiful old TriStar logo uh-huh. uh, coming up. The horse is rushing between us. Do we have audio on this? Uh We did, when I tested it before. Well, does, it, nice. does this usually make noise? Sometimes it makes noise. Because we're about to be hit with a really blaring Philip Glass score. Yeah, this usually has some Oh, sometimes. fuck. We might have to take this all again. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, okay, so it has been a little while since we've seen this. Here we go. (laughs) Candyman is now on screen, uh, the the title Candyman, just so you're all keeping track. We Um, thought we were
1: going to have to abort, but uh, we're still here. No, we don't. You're still with us.
0: If the rest of it goes as smoothly as that. Um, So this is actually opening with, I think, I don't know if it's one of the most used shots. It's certainly one of the most noticed shots, I, I feel like, for myself in terms of uh, film which is the overhead car driving shot mm-hmm. and I always think of it um, from uh, The Shining Yep, and uh, it's you know I'm not surprised um, that it's been used oh executive producer Clive Barker it's it's a really great shot to situate tone mm-hmm. um, and to situate a kind of ominous presence uh, that's happening and um, I think this is you know it's a great city shot and um One of the things that I really like about Candyman, and we talk about often, or a lot of other people talk about the dearth of horror movies, uh, good horror movies in the 90s, and uh, I think Candyman kind of falls into one of the better ones. Totally. And uh, I think it's notable that, you know, based on uh, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, those are all taking place largely in the suburbs. So now we have an urban horror film. Mm -hmm. And I think with that comes a lot of connotations that we'll, we'll be getting into. Yes.
1: Written and directed, but based on a story by... I haven't read the source material.
0: The Forbidden? Yeah, so I actually read The Forbidden in prep for this, and it's it's quite good is it short yeah it's It's a short story yeah it's a short story it's part of i think volume five of books of blood okay and um basically the uh, clive barker's candyman takes place in the slums of liverpool oh and uh and candyman in his version is white uh very pale blonde um bees not the bees um and it's so it takes a lot of the structure that wound up within the film um, there's a lot of character names uh, the kind of thematic elements are all very present within the short story uh, and it's quite beautifully written but I would say it kind of also falls victim to some of the issues that the, this film has mm. which is a lot of it to me when you add it up it doesn't make sense it's, it's like what is Candyman's goal? I can't imagine
1: making Candyman white and having that make sense
0: well, it's set in Liverpool, like the slums of Liverpool. And so, like, it was, like it was Barkers. Um Barker's... The Taboo was a class? Yeah, it was oh. very much class-based. And, uh, oh, we've got, uh, we've got a little Ted Raimi here. Oh, Ted, Ted Raimi. playing Rainey. a sex... Ooh. Look at him. Look at
1: that smoldering
0: bad boy. Oh. Uh, you ever heard
2: Candyman?
0: No, but I heard of my I'm dick. Um <laughs> So, apparently, um, Bernard Rose, and I got this from uh, finding an old back issue of Fangoria on um, Archive.org, and they um, uh, did some interviews when Candyman came out, and apparently Bernard Rose, who's uh, done a couple other films, he... he was uh, in Chicago <clears throat> for a film festival and was quite taken with the city, um, and his wife had read The Forbidden and kind of suggested, he, oh, we got a boob cup. Oh, this is weird. Uh, ooh. um Anyway, so so Bernard Rose was quite taken with the city and I think quite interested in uh, the projects, uh, particularly, obviously, the one it's set in here, which is Mm. the Cabrini-Green housing project. So he he decided to reimagine uh, Candyman, or sorry, the Forbidden as Candyman, um, setting it in the housing projects of Cabrini-Green. And um, decided to kind of do a, a racial... Version of it that right. really tackles or attempts to tackle some of the um, ooh, some of the racial issues within Chicago at the time, and, and this is a time in the early '90s when you have uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton referring to young black men as super predators, um, and and really you know demonizing and, and creating a lot of fear uh, among. Uh, it wasn't just them; it was uh, really uh, a whole political movement um, to. Uh, subjugate a marginalized group Mm -hmm. and um, yeah so now we have Candyman which I think was a well-intentioned film and I I think a lot of there are a lot of issues within it and a lot of problematic depictions and it reinforces some problematic stereotypes Um, and if you are interested we'll we'll bring some of these issues up as we go but um, there's a really great podcast called Black Men uh, Can't Jump in Hollywood and they do a really great episode on Candyman, and, and they talk about uh, a lot of the issues that they have as black men with this. And, and I think it makes make a lot of sense. It's, yeah. it's very clear, it's very accessible. So if you are interested, do give it a listen. Does anybody remember the craze for the pet baby alligators? Oh, this asshole. now. Yeah. I don't know if Xander Berkeley has ever played a good guy. He's always like such a smarmy asshole. Totally.
1: Uh, I tried to listen to our Candyman episode this morning. Oh, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to do it. That we started it. it with a skit. Did we? Do you remember when we used to do oh, skits? Oh, yeah. It started with a, did you hear the one about the oh, podcast? Oh, gosh. It was so, you were so good. Was and I'm I? just like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, your theater chops really came through. Um, but
0: I couldn't get much further than that. It's cr- I can't listen to our show. I tend to, yeah, I listen to the episodes when they first come out, and then I kind of, you know, okay, one of the things I really do enjoy about Candyman, and this is maybe me, the white woman academic speaking here, in fact it is, Mm. I I do like some of the stuff it has to say about academia, Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously Bernard Rose is a white man, a white British man, um, so I think there's some elements of the story he's very comfortable telling, and somewhere he just has, I think, good intentions, but he just missteps and and does a bit of harm. Oh, no! Helen! Watch out. Watch out for blue sweater. Don't like her. I mean, you should be more mad at the husband, but...
1: But never trust a bitch in a blue sweater. No.
0: Oh, take that. Oh, look at the daggers. Blue sweater, staring at her. (gasps) Look at her power move was he the
1: stepdad in Terminator 2 uh yeah
0: Hi. oh bye See ya. Oh, peace out I really like Virginia Madsen do I do too this girl? <laughs> what was she in
1: recently uh, don't look now no not don't look now not even close what's the uh, the better watch out the holidays slasher
0: movie. I don't think you liked it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I she saw it. She played lines. the mom. Oh, uh, yeah. And it was like, oh, you're playing moms now. But she, she was great. Uh, she looks amazing. Yeah, she um, had been kind of, been doing some steady work and uh, then did Candyman and kind of kept working and then her quote-unquote breakout was uh, back in, was it 2000? Uh was Sideways. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that wine movie and she got a that Best Supporting movie. Actress nomination. Um, she was
1: in dune david lynch's dune oh
0: yeah yeah oh She's
1: due for a remake pretty soon oh, i'm excited you, for that. should you
0: out yourself as a dune head
1: a dune head is that what we're called mm-hmm. dunes day heads <laughs> i don't know if i'm a dune head i love that film i love david lynch's film and people who love the book hate the film and maybe love the other film but i hate the other film we're a weird bunch <clears throat> So interesting that both this film and Hellraiser and the Hellbound Heart just kind of transplants the story into the West.
0: Well, I mean, England is still the West, but... Uh, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't right? North America the West? No, it's like, um, it's North America and Western Europe. Oh shit, I've been saying it wrong all this time. Yeah, it's kind of like a delineation between like, the the more, you know, democratic quote unquote countries okay. and, uh, and the Iron Curtain. Shit. See, we're all learning something. Okay, so what I love about this film in terms of academia is it's so... Like, I would have I would have not been able to be an academic without the internet. Oh, I know. Can because, you imagine? Like, like, look at this gumption. She's like, oh, okay, please talk to me. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and you're kind of always relying on other people to, to tell you things and hope that they're kind enough to, to talk to you if you're listening to something without headphones, Helen. Although, can you imagine being in grad school and being able to smoke in class and in your office? Oh, my God. <clears throat> God. damn. Well, all I know was there was some lady
1: in her tub and she heard a noise. Do you remember her name? I think her
2: name was Ruthie Jean. And,
1: and she heard this banging and smashing like somebody was trying to make a hole in a wall. So Rudy call As if academia is this kind of investigative reporting, <laughs>
0: like, that was not my experience either. No, no, usually it's just investigating to find the library book that got lost. I didn't get far in listening to our
1: episode, but do you recall if I shared my origin story of Candyman in that episode, the first time I ever saw it? From seven years ago? No, I did not. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I might be repeating myself, but... I was in Toronto. I was living in Ottawa at the time and we were visiting Toronto to go to Wonderland. My family took a trip to Wonderland and we were staying overnight at a, a friend's apartment at Bay and Girard. Mm-hmm. And uh, that night I was up all night with terrible um, stomach ache. And I woke up my mom and she got me some Elka Seltzer. And so I was up with a stomach ache and I turned on the TV and I watched this film. And the next day I got my period for the very first time. Aww. And so I like to say that I became a woman watching Candyman. That's beautiful. Isn't that lovely? Oh my God. It was menstrual oh.
0: cramps and I was like, my stomach hurts. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, microfiche. I love that. Yeah, I remember I had to that? use, I had to use microfiche once or twice in research and I was like, it's like I'm in a movie. <laughs> Except it was not as uh, efficient as montages tend to show. No. Um, nor as quick. Okay, so here we have this high-rise, and we've already gotten the allusion to Cabrini Green. Now, uh, what Helen is about to show us here is actually true. Um, they, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, I'm getting over a cold, but um, uh, Cabrini Green is a real housing project in the north side of Chicago, um, and it was built in the 1940s uh, between 1940s and 1960s, and it was. Um, really part of just giving low-income people or people who needed a place to stay an opportunity to have uh, subsidized housing and good housing. So, um, you know, there was a lot of good thought behind it but of course the government and local officials didn't do the upkeep they didn't keep up with it and would fall into disrepair pretty quickly now when they were building these uh you know in and around chicago in this area there were a couple of these buildings that actually turned out quite well and they were on a bit of the better side so they put a bit more money into them and then sold them to generally speaking white people Mm. So this whole like, look, I can see it from my thing. Yeah, I can it's, see it from my. It's the whole, the whole walls, all yeah. of the stuff she's talking about now, um, is, is actually real. This this was a kind of real phenomenon that uh, was what people were uncovering in yeah, Chicago. It's right there. Um, and yeah, and, and I, I would fully recommend doing um, if you are interested in this. There's so much writing about Cabrini Green, um, and it's it's. It, Incredibly sad and incredibly interesting, and, and we'll kind of delve into it more as the movie gets into it. Um, I mean, this is like fucking fascinating and apparently true. This this was a way that it separated. Um, Ooh, watch out, Bernadette! That is amazing. <gasps> <laughs> they're cute um, they're friends they're yeah, friends they seem nice um, yeah and and so I, I was doing some reading about Cabrini Green the last couple days just in prep and again I think this is something we probably lacked on a bit in our uh, episode in our first year um, but uh, you know it, it developed this reputation over some really Scary events, um, you know, in the in the 1970s and 1980s. Oh, she said, Camden. <laughs> um And in 1981, the then Chicago Mayor uh, Jane Byrne um, decided to move into Cabrini Green uh, with her husband to show that
1: it, safe, it, it's, it's, it's safe. It's fine. It's good um, enough for me. It's good she, enough for
0: you. She uh, came in with um, police, armed guards, and lasted three weeks. <laughs>
1: Um, Three weeks
0: and she then and then she moved out um and, and so there's a lot of uh, you know it's hard, and I think this we'll get into it maybe more in the portrayals as this film delves into Cabrini Green, but ooh. well, there was a lot of perpetuated fear around Cabrini Green there was also a deep sense of community among many of the residents and it gave them a home and it gave them um, support systems and they developed friendships and and extended their families it's you know so it's not as easy as saying it was um, income housing full of poor people with a lot of violence Mm -hmm. Um, there was some violence but it was mainly giving people a leg up to to try to to try to live and there's actually like a huge thing around realty and uh, big realty, so to speak. Um, realtors didn't want public housing, it was bad business for them. So there was, you know, a lot of fear. And oh, see, we had Bernadette, you know, that's pepper spray, it's a taser. Bernadette, we're only going eight
2: blocks. You're the one who dressed up like cops. i just dressed conservatively. You know, we look like cops.
1: Why are you trying to scare me? I'm not trying to scare you, Helen. I just want you to think, okay? The gangs want this whole neighborhood
2: hostage. Okay, let's just turn around then. Let's just go back. We can write a nice little boring thesis, regurgitating all the usual crap about urban legend. We've got a
0: real shot here, Brent. See, that's how you should know she shouldn't be an academic. Because that's what academics love to do, is just (laughs) regurgitate all this same boring crap. back to Ivory Tower. Get that book published, get tenature. um, Observe something from a very safe, white distance. Yeah. Look at her, some kind of Rolling Stone journalist. And as I was alluding to earlier, you've got this... um, Really intense score by Philip Glass. Uh-huh. Um, and I uh, Yeah, and, and Philip Glass has done a ton of kind of prestige work. Like I always think of him from that movie The Hours, like his score from that. I haven't seen that. It's not great. But it has this like it, it's this kind of like repetitive, like very, very um evocative score and uh, I, I think some films um either kind of are equally weighted with uh, his work and some kind of fall short. And and I do think Candyman kind of earns this really overt, bombastic choral score. Yeah, and I was also watching something. It was a video I think the AV Club put out, kind of about Cabrini Green and Candyman. And uh, oh, that's Dante. Dante. What is it? What is it, boy? Is it Timmy? He fell down the well. You were saying? Um, And uh, they were one of the uh, set. Quiet. One of the set guys was talking about how they actually had to bring garbage onto set. And strew it around the grounds of Cabrini Green because they are shooting in Cabrini Green, uh, to make it look dirtier. This graffiti is real? I'm uh, sure some of the graffiti is real, but like all the garbage on it's the tent. on the floor on the on the on the grounds, like yeah. they were strewing it around to, to make it look worse than it was. Um even then, like, those, those gentlemen weren't attacking them. There was no. a lot of fear of the police because mm-hmm. they would come in, they would raid, they would pull people out of their homes, assault people, um, and, and so they're, you know, lit- and I, I, you know. Neighborhood watch. Neighborhood watch. Dante, you be quiet or I'll put you up. She'll do it, too. I'll do it. Don't think I won't. And so, actually, in the short story, The Forbidden, Helen's thesis is on uh, graffiti. So they kind of bring it in through this uh, sequence to. Um, oh. Oh. God bless that little disposable camera. Awesome. Patoo!
1: <gasps> <clears throat> <gasps> <clears> Patoo!
2: <throat>
1: oh, you don't bark at that. <laughs> Dante, that was a bigger dog.
0: It's a real dog. <laughs> And so, as Cabrini Green was um, not being serviced by um, uh, landlords, anything the uh, the city to help you know maintain it, a lot of these units would fall into disrepair. They would become um, uh, people would you know crash there. They would um, you know graffiti. They would do all this crazy shit um, just because they had a there was an unregulated place to stay. And mm-hmm. so, while there were Up until I think it was 2011, when the final tower was demolished, there there were residents, but they would be among these you know unsafe areas. So it could be um, dangerous. It could be you know there could be some real issues in living there. But to the people who did make it work, it seems like they they loved their home um, and they were very proud of it, and they they took care of it. would you do this yeah you would probably
1: or maybe i'm just excited because i know it's on the other side <laughs> and the image that that oh, that yeah. mural yeah burned itself into my mind i love it
0: sweets to the sweet mm-hmm Hurry up. I like how they um, always use that kind of old Hollywood technique with Virginia Madsen's eyes where they do the kind of light cast um, <coughs> right across just her eyes on her face highlighting them You'll notice it a few times uh, within the film. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like a filter? No, it'll just be like a shaft of light that falls across her eyes in in a close-up. Gotcha. Like, there was one just now, and I think there are a few coming up, particularly when uh, Candyman begins hypnotizing her. Um, and, And to be clear, that Clive Barker actually did kind of come up with... Uh, the figure of Candyman, even though in his version he's white and blonde. Um, <clears throat> but still the hook, still the, the bees, still the... Yeah, the hook uh, was part of it. Um, he was kind of this ghostly thing that um, that appears to Helen and stalks her be- simply because she doesn't believe in him. Um, but kind of saying the, fi- the name five times doesn't really factor into it. Oh, here you this go. This thing,
1: I love that.
0: That's a great shot. I mean, sometimes these kind of shots I find are a bit too on the nose, but sometimes they're just freaking great. But yeah, in... uh, Ooh, there you go. Uh, But in The Forbidden, I think... um, I mean, Candyman derives a lot of power and a lot of pleasure from the eternity of being an urban legend of being feared, of being whispered about. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and here you go. A little uh, bit of the candy, the razor blade, something, this urban legend. <clears throat> Again, I'm not, this is, oh, God bless Bernadette just yes. having a cigarette. I, I mean, yeah, it, it's, oh no, are you going to get out of the <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'm not, you know, there's a lot of, like, weird little mythology elements in this film, and I'm not kind of quite sure what they have to do. Hey, what's doing like, with the candy with the razor blades that we just saw. Yeah. Is it a sacrifice to Candyman? Well, we're not cops. We're from the university.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. I know when we tackled this in a previous episode, we did it with Urban Legend. It was yeah. an episode more about Urban Legend than... Candyman specifically, per se. I don't think we talked about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of this mythology in this film. As you get towards the end, it just—it doesn't add up. Um, you know, West so never come here, so it us a problem. Believe me, that's not
2: what we want to do.
1: You say you gotta study? What you gonna say?
2: And we bad? hmm, we steal, we gang bang. We all on drugs, right? We ain't all like them assholes downstairs, you know. I just wanna raise my child good. He's a beautiful little boy. He's all I
0: got. What's his name? Anthony. Yeah, and there's also, um, <clears throat> in the short story, Helen also uh, meets um, a young mother in the, in the slum in Liverpool, and so there is a kind of still, a, again, this is part of the tie of the overall narrative from uh, Clive Barker. The white folks
2: that come Thank you. Thanks.
0: You got keys? No, but I love one. <laughs> mm. I'd love that one. I hope I don't murder your dog to get him. It was a really bold move to situate this film within a real um, housing project because it's... Um, I mean, Cabrini-Green has faced a number of obstacles and a lot of issues, um, and to have it play out in a fictionalized horror film is, you know, kind of unheard of. It's kind of astonishing like that it was... Permitted
1: that Ooh. it was. What was the reception like among? <clears throat> them?
0: Well, apparently, um, oh gosh, this scene. Uh, Bernard Rose wanted. Uh, so they had a, much smoking. So much smoking. So much. Well, Hang on. We'll talk about the reception in, in a sec because this scene is is interesting not mm-hmm. only because of the twenty cigarettes everyone is smoking. Microaggressions. <laughs> and again, this is a scene from the short story. Okay. Very close to it. It's, uh...
2: <laughs> Academic
0: <laughs> Bolivia. Actually, yourself, to bury you. Oh, no. What? Helen, he's my man friend. A
2: green. Candy
0: Oh. Well, and see this is kind of what I hate I wish again this is pre-internet research but I feel like she should have known about some of this like if he could figure it out why couldn't she yeah it's probably on microbeet <laughs> the legend must appeared in
2: 1890 Candyman was the
0: son of a slave. So this backstory obviously was not in Clive Barker's uh, short story because mm-hmm. it has to do with slavery. And according to that Fangoria article, which I believe was in issue uh, 117, again, you can uh, you can find it on archive.org if you just Google Fangoriaarchive.org, um, they talked about uh, how uh, to kind of get Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd um, you know, developing a relationship that would kind of translate on screen. They would do, like, waltzing classes and dance okay. lessons. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, you know, they would be with the director, Bernard Rose, quite a lot. And it was actually Tony Todd who came up with this backstory. No way. Yeah, anyway, that's that's what the Fangoria article said. He um, kind of, they, they had apparently been envisioning him as kind of a tragic figure because obviously if you're going to deal with race and, and these kind of things, you, you have to, like, there is a sympathetic element to it. You can't just make, um, you know, a black man evil for no <laughs> reason. There had to be something. I mean, even like Freddie had a back Sorry, See, here you go, you got yes, that shaft of light. Um, and so he came up with this story of, of a, a child born uh, to slaves um, who was a painter and fell in love and, and, you know, with this woman and maybe she's the reincarnation. And uh, so Bernard Rose worked it into the script. And it worked. I think it's a really interesting one. I wish it paid off more. I feel like they could have integrated the story a bit more and actually had it make a bit more sense. Um.
2: They smashed the hives and stole the honeycomb and smeared it over his prone, naked body. Candyman was stung to death by the bees. They burned his body on a giant pyre then scattered
0: his ashes over completely Green. So Helen's back uh, taking photos. And yeah, let's talk about the reception a little bit because this was kind of interesting when it came up. Um, so Bernard Rose uh, was asked to have a meeting with the uh, NAACP um, and... Uh, they met with him and they'd read the script and they were like, "Oh, actually, you don't have anything to worry about. This is fun. This is all good fun." And yeah, the you know, if we're in a Freddy and Jason and Michael, there could be a black slasher. That's you know, oh, there you go. And it could be interesting. Um, and and you know, fair play. And uh, and then uh, after the film came out, several black directors spoke out against the film. Really, again, again saying that it perpetuated stereotypes. Mm. Um, proje- uh, perpetuated prep- perpetuated uh negative uh light around the projects and things like that and again it's not i don't think anyone would deny that there was some violence but it also portrays uh some of the residents of cabrini green the good ones um the quote-unquote good ones as as quite in a way simple like they all believe in Candyman, mm. um, and they all live in fear of Candyman. There, there is, you know, it, it. They just don't seem very smart. Some of them, you know, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> but you're
2: crazy
0: walking your own. Yeah, I know. It, it's yeah. It's, so it's it's um. Well, I don't think there's uh, an intentional harm with these characters. It does um, perpetuate a, uh, frankly, a simplicity which isn't super beneficial to anyone. she dares this child to <laughs> take her to Candyman. building a bonfire? Yeah, for the
2: party.
0: And in uh, the short story, The Fruit Benin, um there is actually a bonfire at the, at the end of the story, mm-hmm. uh, but it has to do with the um, British bonfire night. Um, which is a real thing. It's light shit on fire. So yeah, they were pointing out in that AV club video this scene where there's just a least shrew had to you know strew a lot of garbage everywhere. Okay. I mean, that looks like a
1: Toronto appropriate amount of garbage. Say <laughs> there's that much garbage just right outside my door. Oh. Mm. But this scene creeped me out. Yeah. Public bathrooms like stand alone like mm. that in public places. To this day.
2: She hears a worse cream. Mavis! Mavis! There's a big tough guy. He wants over to check it out. Come out of there shaking and crying. You only give it in five seconds. Come out of there. And it's your turn white. I mean it's drunk white. Just like that. Was the boy murdered? Worse. He's lying on the floor in a pool of holding himself. Ah! Ah! They found it floating in the
0: toilet. Looks like my bathroom ever after a heavy flow. Mm. Was he murdered? Worse. Mm. Castrated. <laughs> have to say, this is some good, like, gross smell acting. Right?
1: <laughs> I can almost smell it. Yeah. Ugh. Huh?
0: No, it's in the last one.
1: <clears throat> good old shit feedy. <laughs>
0: And what's behind door number three, Helen? Open it. Yeah. <laughs> did it just flush? I think it did. I think it did. <laughs> uh oh. I mean, you you think nowadays, if uh, you were doing this, you could just get a drone. I would zoom in. Now those are some lapels. Actually, both of these jackets have great lapels. I'm
2: done here
1: on the your way. Holy shit! Listen, I don't want to
2: interfere with your business. I'm not a cop. I'm from the University of Illinois.
1: I don't know if that's how I'd play this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I am a cop, and my partner's outside. <laughs> He's that little child. My colleagues and they're expecting me back. He's got Benjamin Brown, Benjamin Button. Oh. That's my favorite reading. they still do this? I don't know. I never did a police lineup.
2: Number five. Step forward and set line. We hear you looking for candy Candyman, bitch. Sorry. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's
0: The Shiner. <laughs> Fuck. Number five. Good work. Yep.
1: You could have been murdered for no reason other than being at the wrong place at the wrong time.
0: <laughs> you know, what I, I think this is where um, the remake, which is coming out next year, uh, that we've just mentioned, is going to be really interesting because I mean, this is, I think, a very, again, well-intentioned but ultimately problematic white gaze film. And I think that it's, you know, I think it could benefit from, like, a remake, reboot, sequel, whatever it's going to be. And they've been kind of tight-lipped about it, which I think is great. Um, But I I think, you know, we now live in an age, like, post-Ferguson post-Black Lives Matter and still Black Lives Matter um, where it's a different conversation now. Mm -hmm. And it needed to be a different conversation. And I think there is a really interesting core to this story that should be revisited. And I I think this is probably a good time to revisit it. I think you're right. And even
1: for us to revisit it after seven years... Mm. When we were talking about it, Really, you know, it addresses this issue, and it addresses this concern, and it addresses it. And we're living in a time where addressing it isn't quite enough. Yeah. You know, that if you're going to go there, you've got to go all the way and do it right. And that's kind of... Well,
0: you have to say something about it. Mm-hmm. It's not... I don't think it's enough to just point something out. Yeah. You have to um, take a side. Look, I'm not a battered wife anymore. It's okay, honey. Um, Resume, you're abusing me. uh, Oh, oh. Yeah, we're good. Um, Oh, God, she's trying so hard for his hairline. (laughs) Uh, But no, and I think, you know, Jordan Peele proved the necessity that with Get Out Mm -hmm. and you know continue to build on it with that with his film Us that came out this year so uh, you know it's it's not it's you know horror matters and I I think he's proving alongside a lot of other people a lot of other great filmmakers working right now that that you can say something really subversive and and entertaining and strange with what you do Um, it's it's Really cool, and, and I think this is why it's, it's such a great time to be a horror fan, because you've got a lot of people pushing boundaries. And, and it's like here, I, I feel like Bernard Rose, again, with probably very good intentions, was like going up to the boundary and like looking at it. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, what are we going to do to comment on these structures and, and these systemic issues that we're facing? Well, and also, who knows if he would have been allowed, if he
1: would have been permitted to go as far as Jordan Peele's being permitted to go now. Well,
0: and I think, you know, it's a lived experience thing. Um a lot of
2: interest,
0: since you made the local section. We're gonna be published. Oh, <laughs> oh dear, we're gonna be published. Um know, yeah, there's there's a lot to be said about lived experience and, and the way you can tell a story. I, I don't I don't I think you need that. I, I think there's
1: uh, I, Oh, I agree. I just meant like the networks, the distributors, yeah. like, oh you can't I don't know. Mm -hmm. You can't say this. No, I... Oh,
0: here we go. Yes, please. I think we're like 40, 45-ish minutes into this film. Thereabouts. And, uh... Yeah, Candyman. Here he is. Are you my publisher? Because I'm going to be published. <laughs> Remember that flea bag episode? A
1: slut! <laughs> yes?
0: Yeah.
1: Look at him. He's g- gorgeous. He's a beautiful man. He's so tall. He's I so tall.
0: <clears throat> so I don't know if I told my Tony Todd sto- story on the uh, episode. Back again, seven years ago. Um, but tell he, it. uh you were there. Um, he was a guest at the uh, roomorg Festival of Fear, when you guys were still partnering with Fan Expo. Uh huh. And I think you were working with roomorg at the time, or you're really involved with them. Maybe uh-huh. you weren't working full time for them yet. Okay. Um, but you're uh, you're uh, you at Fan Expo. I was like I think covering it, maybe for Famous Monsters. Okay. And uh, you guys were holding the party. And he invited me and my then boyfriend uh, oh, yeah. uh to the VIP area. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which was super nice because it's free drinks. And then Tony Todd is just there. Yeah. Like six foot five, iconic Tony Todd. the hook. Um and uh and he was like awesome. He was so cool and so nice. Um oh. Oh my god, he's so good. His uh, voice. His voice. Um. And anyway, I I was like, I think I'd had two drinks or something, so I like got up the courage and I went up and talked to him and I was like, Hey, um, uh, I don't know, can I, can I buy a drink or something, or I just want to say like congrats and you want to do a shot? He was like, Oh, sure, I'd love to do a shot. <laughs> and he like, uh, he was like, What's your name? And I was like, My name's Alex. He's like, My son's name is Alex. And we, like, cheers, and he chatted to me, like, for a couple more minutes. He was so nice. And then, like, someone else came and started talking to him. But I do remember that. That's he was, lovely. He was
1: genuinely very nice. My Tony Todd story. Oh, no. Oh.
0: Don't pick up the knife. I know. What she thinking? Ugh, stupid
1: white woman. My Tony Todd story was years later... Bingaman's theme park had him as a guest and Rue Morgue had a booth. Mm. And we did a haunted house together.
0: Oh, yeah! Yeah, yeah. tell you about that. <gasps> like, if someone did that oh. to one of my cats, I would be...
1: Yeah, it's not compromising. Yeah, he's great, and he does the convention circuit. He speaks so thoughtfully about this film and passionately about all of his roles. I'm actually playing a video game right now where he lends his voice, and it's unmistakable. Oh, yeah?
0: I uh, I finally got around to watching uh, that Venom movie, and he, he does the Venom voice. Really? Yeah. Can I please take this power? I hate those front-open bras. Do you? I, I don't get them.
1: I mean... I've only had front-open bras that had, like, a racer back that would kind of necessitate it, you know? Right.
2: left breast.
1: You're right. You're not hiding anything in your underboob, <laughs> are you? Remove
0: your underwear. I wonder when this police officer stopped loving her job.
2: Remove your underwear. Ms. Lam, are you under arrest? You Actually,
0: understand? I'm wearing kind of a similar cardigan to him.
1: Let me and I'm wearing understand? prison fatigues. <laughs> you have the right to remain silent. Do
2: you understand? This is crazy. I was attacked. Respond to the question. I understand. And if I Approximately 10 p.m., Anne-Marie McCoy returned to her apartment. She discovered her dog with its head cut off. She tried for assistance, at which point you attacked her with a meat cleaver. You were still in possession of this weapon when the arresting officers came to her aid.
0: Those police got there so quickly. Yeah, true.
2: Because yeah, the other murder some... that
1: took place, they called and called, yeah. and nobody would come.
0: Supernatural. So I think this is, um, you know, a part of the the journey for Helen in this film is is becoming um, one of the. Forgotten and one of the marginalized. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of where that journey begins.
2: Trevor,
0: are you there? Pick up. Fuck you, See, Trevor. See, this scares me because I often wonder what I would do in this situation if I had to call someone. I know. No I one ever know. picks up. I never pick up. Well, Also, I don't know anyone's number off the heart. <sighs> I, I kind of know part of my husband's, but... Even then, I think if I was under a lot of duress, I'd just be like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Can I, can I Facebook him? I know can my I get parents on Instagram.
1: old house number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're the last people I'd call. <laughs> be in even bigger trouble.
0: Oh. There's the baby! Go get the baby! Awwww. Again, what? Rather than like a white woman would be to have murdered a dog Suspected of murdering Or kidnapping a baby Attacked mm-hmm. another woman Who would be getting out on bail mm-hmm. Like this is almost Gone girl level Yeah Go home Take a nice bath
1: Think about what you had done <laughs>
2: From the
0: dog. It's okay, a suspect was released this
2: morning after questioning, and I guess we'll just have to follow this one as I- Well, I guess we will. Hmm. That's good. <laughs> now they haven't charged it because I think they'll find the body. Which means I'm afraid they're shooting for murder one that I don't
0: this movie is like also a lot of great sweaters okay also xander berkeley the husband is a total dick in this movie but she's like you think i did it but he's like no and she was like but it crossed your mind of course it crossed his mind well yeah if i i blacked out i mean i don't know what happened i just woke up in that
2: place and there was blood everywhere
1: I'd be like, why'd you do it, Dustin? Where's the baby?
0: <laughs> oh, good. He put on a vest. Academia. Oh, God, look at that shower curtain. That's so ugly. <sighs> you know what the true crime is? That shower curtain.
1: <sighs> oh. Paisley plus Argyle. that and
2: pick some work.
0: And put my dick in that girl. Okay. Oh, I don't remember that nip Yeah, there's there's more boob in Candyman than you'd think Yeah But it's not pretty It's more boob on Virginia Mads than you'd think (laughs) She's a slim lady Yeah
1: Oof, that's a good rag, A cold one. While you're waiting on your hearing. It's <laughs> great. That Budweiser?
0: Oh, it looks like it. Yeah, light up, lady. Oh, God. Thank God for physical media. Remember that? Nope. Did you ever have, like, an aha moment in your research? Because I always watch this in films, like, in, in, I don't know, anything from, like, this kind of sequence to, like, A Beautiful Mind, where it's like, oh, my God, I'm figuring something out.
1: I don't think so. I don't recall. I I more remember the moments where I had a hard time finding connective tissue, and I might have Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: invented something and been like, can I back
1: (laughs) this up? I can I don't feel good about
0: it until I find something.
1: But that was the thing about writing our masters, right? Is if you couldn't find evidence to say anything, you couldn't fucking say anything. Because you have to back everything up, and that's what's been so liberating about journalism. Is if you feel this way, if you think this, and you can
0: back it up with its text, exactly. If you can argue it, then you can, you know, have an opinion. You don't
1: need some dead white man to say it. Yeah. But that was the real rub of that other academic being like, "Oh, you mean this? I've already yeah. studied this. Now oh. you're going to have to cite me. My name is going to appear all over your bibliography." Ha ha. Oh,
0: yeah, I think that's what always kind of excited me when I when I felt like I was getting onto something that maybe hadn't totally been covered in a way that I was looking for. Because mm. then at least it spoke to something. Ah! Like... <laughs> At least spoke to, to some kind of need, even if it was just for me to, to research something or look for something. Believe in me. Be my victim.
1: <laughs> like, up to this point, has there even been a speck of suspicion of mental illness? Of Like, did she ever even say, like, I blacked out and I woke up there? She said she like...
0: blacked out and she woke up there. Okay. Um, I think there actually could have been... A narrative where this was truly a psychosis, like Candyman is part of yeah the, uh, mental issue, but the well, and usually that's in cinema. That's that's your legal defense. But this is also kind of where I'm going with my my some of my issues around the mythology, which I think do a disservice to the to the film. Which is what is Candyman's game here? So. He's he's talking about his congregation and you assume he's talking about the people of Cabrini Green. So he's terrorizing them just for chits. Well they turned on him, right? But they're all scared of him. Right. And it seems like he's he's terrorizing his own community, whereas it was like the uh the white people who were involved with like the woman he was in love with. Right who actually lynched him. Yeah. And and again, if we talk about you know, the black experience my, you know, from everything I read in the news and and hear from other people is that, you know, there's still, you know, modern lynchings happening. Again, mm-hmm. you look at um unarmed black men and women being mm-hmm. shot dead. It's almost a Freddy Krueger-esque
1: I stay alive by their fear and belief in me. And...
0: and I'm just not sure why he seems to be wanting to terrorize that community. Uh, and, and so this is something interesting that the um, Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood uh, bring up in their podcast on Candyman uh, because they, they reference the the desire, the need for um, uh, the opportunity for a black slasher. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's interesting. But what they point out which honestly had not occurred to me um, until I heard them talk about it, uh, was that Freddie, Jason, Michael are all kind of coded as terrifying, either through their burns, their masks, Mm -hmm. their this. And Candyman is a very attractive, well-dressed black man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the fear is just of the black man in this, you know, reading that they argue very well. And, and again, I encourage you guys to go listen to the podcast if, if you're interested. Um, but they actually equate, uh, I don't think entirely wrongly, a lot of this movie to something similar to the deeply problematic uh, 1915 film, Birth of a Nation, where a black man terrorizes a woman and then, you know, other people have to come and save her.
1: Bernadette. Take it outside. You believe me, right, Trevor? <laughs> hold
0: me, hold me.
1: Girl, you're fucked. Yep.
0: And, uh, the actress who plays, um, Bernadette, uh, she's also kind of the best friend in, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Oh yeah. Yeah, so she's doing a lot of best friend to wing woman. Yeah. You would not beg to
2: live. I am rumor. It is a blessed condition, believe me. To be whispered about it, screen.
0: I mean, I think it, it, it would have almost been a more powerful message if, if Candyman was terrorizing the, the white tenements of like the high rises that su- surrounded Cabrini Green or something. Mm. Again, I just and, and this is something that the guys on the um, uh, Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood podcast talk about is, is what is what is he doing? What is, why does he want to terrorize this community? <laughs> And I do think there's a lot of uh, this film that really works, again, I think the the commentary on academia is pretty fun, Um, I really like the performances, it's it's quite beautifully shot, like it's, if we want to talk about elevated horror, I I think this definitely would contain elements of it. (laughs) <laughs> wiggle, wiggle, oh. wiggle Ooh, hello What
2: do the good know Except for the bad teach them My princesses Allow mm-hmm.
0: So I've got this um, crazy stat here. Uh, that I pulled on a post-it note note that I made sure to bring uh, with me today. Uh, But it's from some of the reading I was doing about Cabrini-Green and and Chicago. So did you know Chicago is home to three of the U.S.'s 12 richest communities and home to 10 of the 16 poorest? Uh, No, I did not know that. Yeah, so, I mean, when we... In some ways, it's a really great opportunity to have that class conversation because yeah. there's such a, a vast discrepancy. And then, um, again, in, in one of the other readings, when, when they were reopening some of the applications for public housing, as some of it was shutting down and, and they were trying to um, see what the need was and potentially move people into new tenements, uh, apparently a quarter of Chicago's population applied. Wow. Wow who could qualify yeah. for, for public housing assistance. So out of the entirety, several million people that live in Chicago, a quarter of them applied for public housing. I
1: didn't know that about Chicago. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's funny because I, you know, I have a lot of friends who've, who've gone to visit there and they're like, it's beautiful, the architecture. I've always heard what a great city it is and I'm sure it is and I, I would love to get there one day. Um, but it's, it seems like there's one very touristy experience of it. And, and mm-hmm. I think it neglects, um, the lived experience. Yeah. Yeah. Your husband doesn't want to speak to you. Maybe.
2: rid of detention from the state attorney's office. And for the past month... Month? Yes. We've been stabilizing you on a heavy dosage of Thoracine. You probably remember very little or, or nothing. Give me my attorney. I'm working for your defense. We have to assess your ability to stand trial. Hell. you've been charged with first-degree murder.
1: Why don't you tell me what happened in your apartment? Uh-oh. What's about to happen in this uh. office?
0: <laughs> don't well, know he's like to a talk note. to me. <laughs> Not to sell. Ladies stupid.
1: I need to see that on four (laughs) screens. Three won't do. sentence (laughs) madeira Call him last time.
0: Yeah, again, this is where it gets a little gets a little weird. Um,
1: the mythology is a bit wonky. Do you remember when we did that Beetlejuice episode? Did we discuss the mythology being a bit?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonky. I, you definitely brought it up quite clearly, and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> Wait for it. movies like again it has so many strong points and it has a lot of really great special effects that window flying out one maybe not one of them mm. uh, just I, I just very much feel like you can feel the wire but this is smart um I don't know it's an academic I don't know if I would have the, had the forethought to climb out and I feel like you would you think so yeah
1: you're scrappy I don't know. I feel like at this point I would have given up and been like, oh,
0: okay. And be like, give me those drugs. That's yeah, yeah. cool. Just, I was just restrained. Me, look, that guy How could I have done comfy? this with my bare hands? Yeah, we got one of my favorite scenes in the whole film coming up. Top three? Top ten? Uh my my favorite. Yeah. God, she's she's very resourceful, and I do appreciate that about her in this in this instance. We're looking like at late fall Chicago, so it's it's chilly. Yeah. she get in. Don't worry about it. Magic. All right. Yes, I love Trevor. this scene. Oh, the door is wide open. Yeah. Well, because they're painting. Right. That is ugly fucking pink. Like, this is like, it's like a millennial pink mixed with pee. <laughs>
1: also known as rose gold
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. what a paint job is this There's like little bits of paint everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) That is a great reaction. (laughs) He's such a shit. Look at him with his douchey fucking robe. robe Aren't
1: you helping?
0: There's a lot of really shitty paint jobs going on behind her. I'd be angry too.
1: Dante just sprinted into the room. He's like, "I love this part. Do you love this scene too, Dante?
0: I'm gonna piss on those walls."
2: Oh, you're just <laughs> little <doggy>. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, cry, bitch. Oh, that's so great. I love this. Yeah, take yeah. It. Yeah, just take yeah. It.
1: I'm the crazy bitch. Well, I'll be a crazy fucking bitch. It's a great
0: power move. Again? Okay, time. Oh, no, I should have turned it further. Bring it back.
1: Did you see that phone? That was the old school. Come on. <laughs>
0: That's grim. Mm hmm. Oh. She's giving me real like Jillian
1: Anderson vibes. Totally. I think I've confused her with Jillian Anderson in the past. Yeah, f-
0: honest mistake. <laughs> oh, honey, call. <laughs> Did you ever, um, I mean, you know, maybe, oh, oh God, it looks cold. Um, I don't know, if, if you want to answer, or, or if you knew anyone while you were in university who had a relationship with their professor?
1: No, I had a crush on a professor, mm-hmm. and I think he might have, if I had of
0: ooh. You? Yeah, no, um... I'm sure it happens. Oh, I'm sure it happens. Uh, I just didn't know anyone. And again, I was mainly in uh, theater classes, and they're relatively like small, and it's a very—it's usually a smaller program. Mm. So if something like that happened, like shit would hit the fan. I remember we had two profs. I only ever had one of them. They were both acting teachers, and I didn't—I didn't study acting when I got to university, uh, except for the intro classes I had to take. But. Um, uh they had been married and then had a very contentious revo- divorce okay but we were both working on the same faculty oh, so like I-, I think it was something like their schedules had to be completely opposite so they never oh, run into each wow. other and oh. it was all very like over the top fucking actors So now we have Helen having essentially lost everything because, as she said, Trevor was all she had, uh, which is frankly the saddest sentiment a, a woman could ever say about her partner, mm-hmm. or anyone could really say about their partner. Not that you don't, you know, want and love your partner, but you should have, you know, hobbies and, and a life outside. He was a bad partner. He was a bad partner, and, and you know, at some point, you got to step up and and be honest with yourself in any of it. So she has kind of uh, come back and, and realized that the vision she was having she has to act upon. Which And the visions are that the baby is still alive and in Candyman's lair. Mm-hmm. Um, now I do want to say that apparently Candyman has been taking pretty decent care of this baby mm-hmm. for about a month. Changing him, feeding him.
1: Yeah. Um, Breastfeeding him.
0: I, and I would, you know what, that could be like a fun little movie. Like a, like a short. Yeah. Candyman and baby.
1: Ah. At home with
0: Candyman. Oh. Yeah, it's funny that they had her be out for like a month, because you could have gone away with this. So, with with some of the stuff that was going on within a week, I, I believe Trevor would this have moved on in a week.
1: Portrait quality. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, we need the we need the uh, narrative uh, the narrative paintings to fully illustrate mm-hmm, the story mm-hmm. that we it's heard like cave earlier. paintings, but yeah, urban. I mean, if it would make sense, because Candyman was a painter, if he painted oh, yeah. this, but again, it you oh, know, he's just sleeping. He's having a nap. Again, it's just it's these kind of Things they don't quite add up, and they honestly give me more questions. Um, because before this, I would be, I would believe that Candyman is just a ghost. He, he appears and disappears, and kind At of is this, yeah, you know, strange entity, a supernatural entity, and here he's just he's having a snooze.
1: Well, maybe she's entered his dimension. Maybe oh come on we've given into stupider things in horror
0: yeah, I don't know I, I find like you know we, we, we're asked to believe a lot in horror and and a lot of films have an internal logic that you believe in the supernatural and, and you know there's some guidelines and rules oh we got that kind of eye shot again a little bit yeah you're right it's kind of noir yeah it's very noir um, we gotta deal. surrender to me now they shall
1: be My oh god, he's a full foot taller than her. Yeah. We have a bargain. But I'm afraid.
2: You fear the pain or what is beyond. Both. The pain, I can assure you, will be exquisite. As for our deaths, there is nothing to fear. Our names will be written on a thousand walls. Our crimes told and retold by our faithful believers.
0: We shall die together in front of their very eyes and give them something to be haunted by. Come with me and be immortal. Again, like I think the the introduction of. Helen, as a reincarnated uh, lover of Candyman, it is interesting and could have provided a kind of narrative cohesiveness, but I, I think it—it's kind of half done. So this is real. Yeah. This was
1: Tony Todd was told that these bees could not sting, but he was stung many times and stuck through it. That's a factoid that I.
0: And apparently he uh, he negotiated that for every time he was stung he got a thousand dollars. Oh boy! So he was stung. I, I read somewhere uh, twenty three times. Oh shit! You're mine
1: now. <clears throat> time. And I guess that was the last one they shot that day, that week <sighs> maybe. Maybe. Oh, bee stung tongue can.
0: God, her hair looks great. I know it always looks great.
1: Hi, Dante.
0: Yeah, I I, just—I don't know this kind of past lover, soulmate thing. It. It's it's really interesting. I, I buy it. I just don't think it's kind of fully seen through. Like... Has Candyman been searching for Helen? Is he terrorizing the people of Cabrini Green? I still don't quite understand what he wants with the baby to entrap Helen. I don't know. It's, it's all a bit... It just gets murky from here on out. And... um
1: She, she kind of achieves the sort of immortality like remember how excited she was about getting published mm-hmm. and that's a thing with academia right Is oh it, yeah god willing you have an original idea it lives on in the people who reference your work and instead she becomes an urban legend
0: well in a way yeah it's, it's the same kind of immortality yeah
1: um, a more meaningful one yeah
0: it's, it's the populist one She you can't be feared you can be respected
1: or the other way around <laughs> hey you hey yo.
2: hey yo, hey yo. <gasps>
0: So now the, the residents of Karine Green see their, see their opportunity to kill Candyman? But
1: Candyman's they a ghost? Say that this was like an annual bonfire thing?
0: Yeah, but if it was, which it could be, but then why are they burning it once he sees Candyman in there? Or quote-unquote Candyman. And again, they were building this bonfire over a month ago now. Oh, yeah, like there's just stuff in this film where I'm like, Ooh. Burn, 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 burn. And so now they want to burn him, which is and seemingly end the evil
2: where are you going? I cannot. Already dead.
0: This is a shit way to go. This sucks. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that wig work. Okay, again, this is part of where I lose the plot a bit with Candyman. Um, so they had thought Helen was the murderer yes. of the baby. Uh, but now she's delivered the baby back, which, okay, sure, that's still good. But they were also fearful of Candyman just now. hmm uh. You know, and again, we have... Um, it's it's frankly now we're into the white savior trope, which is a bit dull. It's not terribly interesting, uh, and again, obviously super problematic. But yeah,
1: it's a more interesting way to go about it than I've seen before. Yeah. That he wanted yeah. her to die a monster, and she yes. managed to flip it and go out a martyr. God, oh, that bitch showing up at her
0: funeral. Earth to earth, ashes to ashes. Again, the real problem is him, but <laughs> if my cheating partner showed up at my funeral with our his Holy new piece, I would not cut his head off. I would do what Helen is not about to do.
2: Your will. Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Oh, and that guy? And <laughs> that guy.
0: It's like all of her least favorite. I'll people. bury you. He's like, no, I'm burying you, Helen. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh dude. What a sad, weird inverse. Right, Dante. Oh? Dante, everything's fine. Don't worry. Candyman. Is
1: he barking Candyman? (laughs) Five times. Bark five times. No, don't. (laughs) We're recording. Don't do it.
0: why they um, give her the hook um and it's interesting that she kind of becomes the avenging angel like they know angel. more than they should but they were scared of candyman yeah. anyway it's it's you know as we're wrapping up here uh it, it, there's so much interesting stuff in this movie and it doesn't quite gel but i i still enjoy watching it and it does really uh clip along at a nice pace um I love how this movie treats uh, Trevor. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. great. No,
2: I'm okay, I'll get later.
0: Oh, he changed his shower curtain. Ah. Oh. She's not wearing a bra. Nope. I notice this every time I watch this movie, and it's like I feel like her nips would be chafed. Totally. Right? All right, calm down. She gets
1: that mad every time. You <laughs> Remember take when
0: shit. Helen would like run around with her broken yeah. face? to I had a me. woman who would cook. Uh... So really, I'm <laughs> just playing with the fucking knife. It's so good. Ah, stop it. Yeah, cut off a nip. No, don't. I'm I'm kidding. Um What is she making? Stop it. <laughs> uh, oh, Helen. <laughs> what is she doing? It's great. Uh Oh, Helen. Helen.
1: <laughs> Get him, Helen.
0: Oh, my God. God. Oh, my God. Okay, so uh, we've got a weird error happening. uh, But as everyone else who's watching the film will have seen, Helen shows up and fucking murders his ass. I can't believe believe that happened. Like, just when he hits the light, that was the exact moment. Oh, my God. We were denied. My DVD player failed. The DVD player failed. Okay, but we all know... Helen showed up and was like, "Hello, Trevor," and uh, gutted him. Holy shit!
1: We're lucky it got this far. Imagine Holy that it happened halfway through,
0: we would have been like,
1: "Fuck this recording for the second time." <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Um, okay, well, Well. that is Bernard Rose's Candyman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as, as I've mentioned many times, a very interesting film, uh, a flawed film, mm-hmm. uh, thematically and ideologically, but it is really beautifully made. It's beautiful to look at. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any final thoughts? I'm glad we got the
1: opportunity to revisit it before the new one. It's really refreshed it in my mind to chat about it with you once again. Yeah. When the new one comes out, It'll be better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I have high hopes. I do, too. I'm, um, you know, they, they've seemingly been planning the new one for, for quite a while. Like, I think they announced it back in 2018, and mm-hmm. it's coming out. So it's, it believe about two years, I think, since they announced it. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad they're taking their time with it. Um, I will have high hopes for it mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. um it seems like the team behind it is is pri- is like primed to deliver so yeah, i agree um very curious um i think Um, it is okay to, to like this film as long as you, you know, can understand it a bit more and critique it. Mm -hmm. Again, I would recommend checking out that, uh, black guys can't, uh, black men can't jump in Hollywood episode. Uh, do some research on Cabrini Green. There's a ton of, like, incredibly interesting, well done research, accessible research out there, uh, that has been published. And, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, so that is, um, that's our first ever commentary. Yeah, thanks for
1: tuning in to our commentary and watching this film with us. I hope it was as much fun
0: for you as it was for us. Yeah, no, it was a good time. And uh, so we'll, we'll, we're will we going to be doing another one in a couple months. So mm-hmm. if, um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, we'll put up another poll so you guys can vote on what we do next time. And yeah, all right. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, office hours are closed. We are victim.